Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. You are in the spotlight with Brian Garner for this Thursday, September 24, 2015. Good to have you all here for our second of two, uh, three, pardon me, shows this week. Um... This, of course, our usual Thursday kind of show with entertainment being the rule here tonight. Before we get going, as always, let me remind you all of the ways in which you can interact, contribute, and contribute to our show. Have your voice heard by emailing us at ITSpotlight411 at gmail.com. Again, it's ITSpotlight411 at gmail.com. You can also follow us and tweet us at ITSpotlight411. Again, it's at ITSpotlight411. And please remember to use the hashtag. Hashtag IT Spotlight 411, and it's hashtag IT Spotlight 411 for anything you tweet regarding our show. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for us using our current full title of our show, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. Again, that's currently the title. That will be changing soon, but for right now, you can use that title in your search, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find us on Facebook, like our page, and go ahead and post whatever it is you'd like to post. All right. So here's what's on tap for tonight. Not too much. In fact, we're probably going to be a li- about as short or maybe even shorter of a show than we had on on Tuesday, which is like about an hour and a half. And I, you know, you all know how it pains me to do that. Like I like to always try to give you at least a two-hour show, but I can't. You know, a long time ago I made the commitment to not forcing the issue. If we got we we got what we have, let's just go with it. Or this is one of those nights. You know, I told you all on, on Tuesday, okay, Thursday, entertainment show, we'll do the box office beat, we'll continue our fall TV report series, um, we'll do all that, and I said we'd probably do some entertainment news discussion, but we haven't discussed any of, you know, the current entertainment news, whether it's movie, TV, et cetera, that's come out over the last couple of weeks, we haven't had the time. Well, here's the thing, none of you really sent anything in. As, as suggestions as to things that you want us to discuss as, far, discuss as far as news, outside of what we may already cover in the box office beat or our fall TV report, I really couldn't find anything that screamed out to me that was worth putting on the show right now. I mean, there's a few things I could if I really wanted to, but, you know, I, I, I again, in the interest of not forcing the issue, I decided not to do that because what I really want to do tonight is, and I think this is a good opportunity, this is something we don't get the, often get the chance to do because we try to fit so much into the shows that we have that we don't get the chance to really fully, like, discuss certain things related to what we discuss. So, you know, like on sports shows, we might talk about uh, pennant races and the games in particular. We don't I oftentimes have the time anymore to go fully in-depth into some of, these, of those topics because, hey, we don't have a lot of time. And tonight we're doing the box office beat and we're doing a fall TV report. Well, I want the time to kind of go into these the topics related to the, the segments we're going to do tonight and go into detail about them, not just kind of skate by on them and just give you the basics and then move on. 
So given that we're only going to do really two kind of seg- two segments tonight, we will have a little bit of time to kind of dive into things a little bit more. And I think that's better. It's, it's better radio. It's better for our listeners. It's just better, you know. And we don't get that opportunity too often, especially over the next couple of weeks we'll be doing a lot of stuff. So, you know, this this can kind of be more of a laid-back kind of show, and we don't have these that often anymore. So, you know what? Why not? You know what I'm saying? So, tonight what you're going to get is we'll start off with our, our box office beat, which we have not had in the last couple of weeks. Um, and then we will also... Um, again, present part two of our fall TV report. We're, again, as we continue on here this week, next week, and I think even the week after, uh, new shows, returning shows, you know, you know, we got the, the, the TV season is kind of slowly being rolled out this year. I remember a few years back, you know, it was kind of like it always was where everything would debut the same week. Well, except for maybe the Fox show because they'll wait till after the World Series, but now it seems like you see TV shows slowly. Like last week, Dancing with the Stars in South Park got going. This week, you know, you had uh, Gotham and a Castle and a few other returning shows, and you had a, 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 a swap of, of new shows. And next week, you got a few other shows from like Age of the Shield, The Blacklist, um, and a couple other new shows. So, you know, it kind of evens out. You know, the week after that, Arrow and Flash come back, you know. It, 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 there's, it's a slow kind of rollout of like a three- or four-week period. So, you know, as long as these shows are slowly rolling themselves out, we'll talk about them as we go. So this series will pretty much go on as long as these shows, returning and new, continue to be rolled out. And I like the idea of doing this along the way instead of trying to do it all in one show because then we really can't spend as much time on each show because we have to fit everything into one show. So we, this way we take it off in small bites. Like on, on Tuesday, we did a little bit. We were able to actually fully talk about things instead of just, you know, try to force everything into one show. So I like it this way. I think it's helpful. You know, it gets, it gets, it, we haven't focused a whole lot on entertainment at times through TV. We, if, when we do, we've done a lot with movies, particularly in the summer. So it's getting us back to, the, uh, back to focusing on TV, and it gets more entertainment coverage on our shows. Outside of just doing entertainment shows on Thursday, we'll do some entertainment on Tuesdays, too, for a little bit, you know. So, you know, tonight what we'll do in this part two of our fall TV report is we'll talk about those returning and new shows that debuted on Tuesday and Wednesday and go into those ratings and all that kind of stuff, you know. I'll maybe even give a if we have, if we have seen them, give our own reviews. We might even revisit some of the shows that debuted and returned on Monday um, that we – you know, maybe we've watched them since then and can give you a better um, opinion of them. Uh, and then next week we'll continue this series on both Tuesday and Thursday. We'll never do it on Football Friday for obvious reasons. But we'll continue this series on Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday we'll talk about those shows that return and debut tonight, Friday, maybe even over the weekend on Sunday, um, and any that might have debuted on Monday that maybe haven't didn't do it last week. And next Thursday, the same thing. We'll talk about those shows that return to debut on Tuesday and Wednesday. So that we'll kind of go along. The, we'll keep doing that like this until we, you know, gotten through the whole bunch. And that's the way we're going to do it. And so far, the response that we've gotten to it has been really positive. So, hey, it seems like I, we did something well this year So with this. So we'll keep going with it. 
Um, one more little announcement. I know I said on Tuesday that I was going to leave, like, the reminders and announcements for the end of the show, but because Football Friday is always such a kind of confusing thing, I thought I might just mention this off the top. We will have Football Friday tomorrow, as I mentioned on Tuesday. I think I mentioned on, on Tuesday that it would probably be, like, a 12 o'clock start. Um, right now, I will tell you this. I think it's more or less going to be more – we're going to change the time, make it later. So think more along the lines of what we did on week one, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time is what I would think would be the time, maybe give or take a few minutes. But that will be the set time for tomorrow. So Football Friday coming at you live here on Talk Show at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. We'll look back at week two of the NFL season, look ahead to week three. Tonight, we'll talk about tonight's Thursday night game, which I'm not going to make a pick for because I just don't feel the need to. Again, I only make picks. I try to pick the prime time games. But if they're not good enough for, in my estimation, or I don't feel like they're going to be close games, I'm not going to make a pick for them. And I don't think this game is worth picking, so I'll leave it alone. Uh, but we will talk about tonight's Thursday night football game. We'll do a little college football discussion, make our picks for week three, all that good stuff coming at you tomorrow on Football Friday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. All right, so I brought, all right, I'm not going to get into any other announcements until the end of the show. But just want to get the football Friday one out because I know sometimes that can be confusing. All right, without further ado, my co-host is on. Mike, you are in the spotlight. Question. Sure. Why do you do that so energetically? I'm trying to be more high energy. Conjecture. I appreciated the high energy, and I disappointed you didn't know, notice the fact that it said, what, ener, ener, I said it was supposed to say ener, I said energetically? <laughs> That's not even a real word. I don't think it's a real world word. I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> no, but I am trying to be more high energy, so... You are trying to be more high energy. I am trying I, desperately to be more high energy. I try. I, people noticed that on Tuesday too. Like I got mail about that. Like, hey, you seem like a lot more exuberant. And I'm like, well, I'm trying. You know, so, I'm, I don't want to be so monotone. I, I you, you, you brought that up in the past on the air, and usually I, I usually just shrug it off. But lately, I've been like, you know what? Yeah, I can understand what he's saying. I'm going to try to up my game a little bit. So, energetically, there's the word. I think it helps, too, that I've been making sure to, like, you know, caffeinate myself or drink some Powerade, like, right before the show, so it kind of gives me a boost. But I was going to say, you should, you seem well-rested. <laughs> I'm really not. Blame my dog for that, but I'm really not. <laughs> oh, well, he must be well-rested. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't realize that, that is a Boy Meets World reference. Yes, it is. I All made right. two references to start the show, one to Boy Meets World, one to Doctor Who. You are very welcome. However, I will I will I have will have to say this. I I do appreciate your wife ha, like stealing your Facebook password and posting under your account. It made your Facebook it made your Facebook profile more entertaining than it has been since like two WrestleManias ago. Two WrestleManias ago where for some reason you posted about liking 
certain popsicles. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was my last shape, time I've had. In the shape of dicks. Um, by the way, I, I, she didn't I, steal I, my I, password. She was on my laptop looking something up and told me she was looking something up when really she was in my Facebook on my Facebook page typing something up. I do appreciate her <laughs> for doing for 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 doing that because it finally made your Facebook page page uh rage. <laughs> I was going to delete it, but then I said, you know, I figure enough enough people would be entertained by it, so I just left it alone. So Yes, because it actually makes your Facebook profile. It gives it personality. Yes, and that's why I kind of left. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that is kind of funny. So I'll leave it alone. Although Speaking I, of I people will, with great personalities. I will I do, will disagree with her, though. You don't have a girly voice. You have an effeminate voice. There is a difference. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of people with a great personality... Everybody say hi to Jeff Tech. Well, of course, is our technical guru. If he were an effeminate voice, he would be the most stereotypically flaming effeminate voice <laughs> in the history of this show. Yeah. Not that we're saying it's a bad thing. It's actually a very <laughs> funny thing. There's a very big difference between those things. It is a very, but but Jeff Tech, of course, would be. The strongly flaming effeminate voice. Turns Very true. To the show. Um, you know we're having fun right now, but bef- and you know it's cool and everything, and that's and we, got, we do have stuff to get to. But before we do that, on a somber note, um, and a sports note, uh, the sports world and the baseball world lost a legend yesterday in Yogi Berra at the age of ninety years old. Um. If, if any, most Yankee fans know that he has not. It's been. I think a lot of us knew it was kind of coming. Um, he missed. I think he missed the last two old timers days. He had a fall at some point, and um, so I mean, and plus he's ninety. But Yogi, first of all, if you if you know anything about Yogi Berra, first of all, he transcended baseball and sports. He was a pop culture icon in a lot of ways with his yogiisms. He published some books focused on yogiisms, and I don't think he gets. I don't think enough is said about the fact that this man served his country. He was involved in Normandy. Um, he was a, a true, just a true gentleman, and you know he left baseball, got involved in the war, came back to baseball. He has ten World Series rings. All right, he was in 14 World Series. He won 10. I think he was MVP, uh, he was MVP three times. He's one of four players to be MVP three times. I think he was elected to like 15 All-Star games. I think that number I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm, I know it's over 10 for sure. Um, only man to ever manage the Yankees and the Mets. He's got museums, learning centers. He is just an amazing, amazing, was an amazing man. And... I think it was said that today was actually his wife's birthday. I think she has passed on. So they, they there, it was said that she can celebrate. They can celebrate together, I guess. So it's it's a sad thing, but everybody's choosing to celebrate him because he was just, he was that type of guy. He was this guy that was just exuberant. He was fun. 
He was a character. He was just this larger-than-life personality in this small body. And as a player, he was uh, – I don't think he, – he doesn't often get enough credit for – everybody talks about how, how often he won. But they don't talk enough about the fact that he was just a great player. Now, people just think, oh, he just happened to be on some good teams. No, he was a great player. And to leave, go to war, and come back, and it's just an amazing – his career is an amazing story, and just a great, great man. So our condolences, thoughts, and prayers to his family, friends, and fans, um, and may he rest in peace. Just an amazing, amazing man. Mike, is there anything you want to add? <clears throat> There's a period in time, even even now, if you think about it, he was considered the most popular player mm-hmm. in the history of the game, easily the most likable Yankee in the history of the team. Right. The guy went to coach the Mets <laughs> and is still easily probably the most beloved Yankee of all time. Um, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot you can say. And this is this is the thing. Yes, he he was popular for the yogiisms. Yes, he was popular. He is probably the greatest catcher of all time, or at least in the discussion. He has ten World Series rings, unprecedented. And no, he wasn't just on good teams. He was one of the major reasons those teams were good. And you know what? As his career was just getting started, he served his country. He put it on hold and served his country. No guarantee he'd ever make it back. He was, I believe, at Pearl Harbor. You have players in today's baseball, in today's sports, bitching and moaning over contracts. Oh, this doesn't, this doesn't, this doesn't meet my worth. This doesn't meet my value. This guy said to hell with my value and put the value of others above his career. This is a guy, I mean, when they say they don't make him like this anymore, they really don't make him like this anymore. They really don't. The only other kind of example, I mean, it was a little, it's more tragic, the only other example in the modern sporting era is Pat Tillman. Yeah. They they really don't make them like this anymore in this 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 culture and then in sports it is. It's a culture of greed. It's what it's not what can I do for the team, it's what can the sport and these owners pay me. And when you hear a story like Yogi Berra said, the hell with baseball, I'm gonna go serve my country. It was at one of the biggest – he survived Pearl Harbor, I believe, if I, if I remember correctly. I, I could be wrong, but he did. He was just uh, – you know what? Oh, excuse me. He was um, – he, he served on the USS Bayfield during the D-Day invasion of France. He was fired upon, but he was not hit. So he was 
on Omaha Beach. I'm sorry. So that was one. Of, so still, I mean, not Pearl Harbor, but he was at one of the more intense kind of battles for the United States in the war. They really don't make him like that anymore. And he's one of them. And he was by far and away one of the nicest, most personable, selfless guys in the history of baseball. He's one of the greatest players at his position in a, in a sport where they put so so much needless value, needless value on, oh, well, who's on stats and who's the best position or does this position really matter and blah, 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 blah. So much needless. But he was easily one of the best players of all time, one of the best players at his position. They really, really don't make him like him anymore. So rest in peace, Yogi. Agreed. Well said. All right. Um, so here is again the deal tonight. Box office beat, faulty report, that's it. So looking at another short one, which my co-host will love. But, again, not going to force the issue. If there's nothing out there at the top, if that's all there is that I think is worth putting on the show, and you all haven't said otherwise, that's what you're going to get. So there it is. But, so let's start off with the box office beat. And we haven't done this in a few weeks, and you know, we never really had a reason to. Look, we're in September, okay? It's, it's, uh, it is what it is. You know, you had Labor Day weekend, which was the quintessential lull. Um, and then after that, it's kind of slowly picked up from there. And over these last couple of weeks, we've kind of built things back up a little bit. Um, you know, we've had... Um, Especially last week, which was a huge week. But if you go back to, you know, the weekend after Labor Day weekend, you know, we had a little bit of a surprise. You know, Perfect Guy made $25 million, Visit made $25 million. So that was a, a promising step for the box office. We didn't, I, don't think both, I don't think anybody really saw two $25 million movies that weekend. Figured maybe one might break 20 one The other one might break around 12 13 They both pulled in. $25 million. One, of course, was a movie that was put off for a little bit. Uh, That's the Perfect Guy and The Visit, which was more of a horror thrillerish kind of movie. And look, you know, horror movies have not done very well this year. In fact, the majority of them have not done well at all. So I guess it was bound to have one that kind of pulled in something. One of these thrower horror movies pulled in something. And here you go, $25 million. This one pulls that in. And... You know, a month ago before Halloween, I guess I can... And plus, it was PG-13, so again, I don't know if you classify it as horror. We, we've gone down that round before, but it is what it is, you know. it it That probably helped it get to that point, but... And then everything else, you have War Room at $7 million, and everything else under 5 So, But those two movies helped carry that week and kind of gave it a boost to kind of say, you know what, all right. That was kind of like, I think we even talked about that before, the week before. That was kind of like a transition week. All right, the summer's over. We've had the kind of fall off, the lull. Now it's slowly build ourselves back up. Here's two $25 million movies. And that's a much quicker way to build things back up than I think anybody could have predicted. And then last weekend, which really accelerated things, you get Maze Runner, which was expected to do well anywhere from 20 to 30. It hits the $30 million mark. Black Mass, Johnny Depp's. New movie, um, which had gotten really good reviews. Um, 
Johnny Depp, Benedict Cumberbatch, Juno Temple, Kevin Bacon. It's just a great cast. On a $53 million budget, pulls in $22.6 million. That's R-rated, folks. So it's already at $30.1 million. And Johnny, for all the flack Johnny Depp has gotten from critics over the last two years, all outside of Pirates and, you know, Disney movies, Johnny can't pull in anymore. Well, here you go. He had a $22 million opening on R-rated movie. So... And he's in the Oscar hunt. So there you go. He found, he need, and, and he did need this to get people off his back, and he got it. And I heard it's a fantastic movie. I can't wait to check it out. Um, so, you know, you get an R-rated movie pulling $22.6 million. You have Maze Runner pulling what it was supposed to on the high end, 30.3. And then you had The Visit pulling 11.5. And you had The Perfect Guy pulling 9.7. Everest came in with 7.2. And War Room held strong at 6.2. So really... With six movies above ten five million, that's a very good middle of September group. And again, you can't ask for better. Everything kind of got accelerated. You know, you had two twenty-five million dollars movies a week before, a thirty million dollar movie, another twenty this weekend. Things are picking back up, and they're picking up quick, and that's a good sign in a year that's really had a very good consistency of surprises and weeks of good numbers at the box office. So they can't complain that Donnie had, you know, that last week of August and that first week of September. And then, you know, I think maybe it was like a week in April or March where it was bad. Other than that, it has been a very solid year. And now you're heading, you know, really it was about getting through September because October should be big, November will be big, December will be big. And then you all know January, February, March will be big now. Next year is going to be solid the whole first six months of the eight months of the year again. So things looking up here. Um, you know, we're speaking a lot about numbers, but on the, on, on the creative end of things, I mentioned Johnny Depp and, and really Black Mass. And I don't think we talked about this, how significant this was going to be for him for two reasons. One, because, again, people have been kind of criticizing him all you know, all right, the Pirates movies, oh, they get saved by the international growth now. That's kind of what happens. You know, and Up up Transcendence didn't do well. The Rum Diaries didn't do well. Johnny's movies just don't do well anymore. Uh, you know, it just keeps happening. You know, it keeps, it keeps flopping. He, he needs something behind him, a Disney marketing vehicle behind him to do anything. And here comes a movie, R-rated. A lot of people thought, you know what, at the very, it, it, it could get lost in the shuffle, even on the award circuit. Critically, gets acclaimed. His performance, he's in the Oscar running now, many people believe. Um, it's a true story. Um, I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen clips. They look amazing. And now, again, to have the opening it had and to get the, the critical response so far that it has, this is a good thing for Johnny Depp here. He needed this. So this is significant beyond just, you know, the box office numbers for his career. So I'm very happy for him. Um, and, look, another good vehicle for Benedict Cumberbatch. Everybody, my, I'm sure my co-hosts will appreciate that. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, and, and again, we talked about Maze Runner. There was no surprise there. Um all right, so that's that's really the last couple of weeks. That's where we're at. There isn't too many storylines to get into or too much discussion to be had. Um, before we move on to kind of looking at ahead here, Mike, anything of the, from the last couple of weeks 
scream uh, out to you at all? I really want to go see a movie at some point, but everything I want to see is probably out of theaters by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not a teenager, so the Maze Runner does not appeal to me. And if you are an older person who likes the Maze Runner, well, good for you. Um, Black Mass is a good movie. I just it's not something I I have to see, you know. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I'm, I'm I'll be interested in War Room, the movie about. Is that the one about Jesus? No. It's not. No. no. That one's it's, not about uh, Jesus. It's a... Uh, yeah, oh, it is. is. You're, right. you're right, you're right. I'm sorry, I was confused with something else. Yes, you were. You are considered, like, draft day or something. I don't know. 51.1 million already, though, on $3 million budget. That's pretty good. Oh, it is pretty good. It, it, it's, a, it's, another, it's another success for the, uh, the war on Christianity, I guess. I don't know. I don't even care. But there's really nothing I, I I'm interested in. But hey, good for the good for the box office, yay! One little but, thing to keep an eye on, because um, I, I mentioned in passing Everest. Um, I'd keep an eye on that one because remember it has. I, I can't believe that movie only had a 55 million dollar budget for all the visuals and you know pushing the IMAX and all. But it's 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 right now it's at 38 million. Uh, on a worldwide budget, on its worldwide growth, it's fifty-five million dollar budget. So that one's going to kind of struggle a little bit here to break even. Which is, I wouldn't. I, if you had asked me two weeks ago if that was going to happen, I would have told you no. I I would have thought it would have. First of all, despite the fact I thought the budget was higher than it was, I would have told you that at least its foreign growth probably would have pulled in. I thought a number for it. I thought it'd at least make a profit, but right now it's it's really struggling. But that's probably because of. The success of Maze Runner and some of the other movies out. So, and really, it ain't gonna get any easier this weekend because um, there's a big movie coming out this weekend, more on the family side of things. But still, but you know, with with Everest pulling in like a seven, eight million in its opening weekend, that doesn't pull well for making your money back. So, um, let's see here. Let's let's look ahead to that. Let's look ahead to this weekend here. Um. And again, that big movie I speak of is Hotel Transylvania 2. You all know, you've seen the first one. First of all, I think when the first one came out a couple years ago, we mentioned this. <clears throat> and that was, well, why are they releasing it a month before Halloween? Why don't you put it closer to Halloween? Well, their idea is this. And, and it worked out the first time for them, so you know it'll probably work out the second. There's a lot of movies coming out, and they don't want to over... And, you know... While people might say, wait a minute, horror movies aren't going to attract and this audience is appealing to kids and families. Right, but their their thing is this, and I, it worked so well the last time. If we release it at the end of September, we're going to get, oh, it's going to be less competition in general. And then, you know, right around Halloween, if more people want to come out and see it again, you know, enough time might have passed where they would do that. It might get that extra repeated viewing that it might not get otherwise get if it comes out closer to Halloween, and then by the time Halloween's over, we've already flipped the script to other movies. So it gets a full month where it can sit there and people can go back out and see it if they choose to. So I'm, and, and, don't, and 
look, people might go, this is the kind of movie people might see again because of its seasonal quality. You know, kids might say, hey, I want to see that again, Mommy, and that's what's going to happen. And, and you know what? You're going to do that because it's Halloween and you want to do something with your kids. So I understand the mythology. It worked wonders for them the first time. They're not going to change their strategy. We questioned it the first time, and it worked out for them. They're not going to question it this time. That is going to be the number one movie this weekend. Alan, there's a question about it. Um, the question is going to be, now, here's the thing, okay? Um, let me just check this out real quick here. Make sure I'm looking at the right information. All right. Everest came out in a limited amount of theaters last week. We just spoke about Everest. Its it release is expanding this week. Having said that, I don't still like its chances. All right. On one hand, you might say, well, last week it did $7 million in, in a small amount of theaters. It's relying heavily on IMAX. And some people are just not going to pay the money for an IMAX movie right now. Not when there's other options out there, like Hotel Transylvania, Maze Runner, Black Mass, et cetera. So I don't see it doing a huge number here. Although I will take back my initial statement from a few minutes ago, which is that it probably won't make a profit. Between its, if it's worldwide, it probably will make a little bit of a profit, but nowhere near what I thought it would have. So Everest will be in the game this week. It'll probably be around third or fourth place. Probably fourth place. I think Maze Runner's going to hold up well enough. Maybe even Black Mass will hold up well enough, so it might be fifth. Um, the other big thing to look for this week is a movie called The Intern. Um, and starring Robert De Niro, Anne Hathaway, and Rene Russo, it really is going to be appealing more to older audiences, which is okay. It's okay. Comedy, so you know it's 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 probably going to be good for about thirteen to fifteen million. I mean, this time of year is the right time to release this kind of movie. So smart thing there, unlike some other studios that release these kind of movies at the wrong times. So it it should do okay, you know. And we'll bring her audience. Robert De Niro bring his, and you get some other audiences out, and it'll be okay. Now. There's a movie coming out that's going to be kind of like a limited release. And it'll, it'll get expansion releases over the next few weeks. It's Eli Roth's new movie, R-rated, The Green Inferno. And most people think it'll pull in around, you know, maybe two, three million dollars this weekend, and then it'll expand over the next couple weeks to get closer to Halloween. Um, and obviously, a limited audience is R-rated. Not much could be expected. It probably won't even factor into the top maybe five. It won't factor into the top five at all. It's You'd be lucky if it makes the top ten even, really, if you think about it. But it will be a factor in the next couple of weeks. Eli's movies do have some fan base. Eli has a fan base for his movies. They're, I was talking to some people about this off the air. Eli's movies, are they can be intense. They can be scary in spots, but they, they're not so, like, they're not intense from scares. They're intense from gruesomeness. Okay, they they rely on being disgusting and gory. That's their thing. 
And if you've seen the, the preview for this movie, you'll know what I mean. That's his style. He's not so much about scare tactics as much as being gruesome. So, you know, that's a, a different kind of horror, and that, and it's got its fan base. So, it'll get it'll get some it'll get seen even in limited release, and then as it gets you know closer to Halloween over the next couple of weeks, as it rolls out to more theaters, so it's some more people seeing it. So, um, you know. This really, the last, this average, the last weekend of September. Next week, you know, you get into October. And what happens in October? You start getting into awards movies. You start getting into, um, now in recent years, you've seen some big budget movies take up residence in October. You know, that kind of started with Real Steel a couple of years ago. This year, you got Pan, which got moved from July, mostly because of Ant Man. To October, so you know you do have some big movies coming out next week and the week after. You only have one movie coming out. Martian is the big movie next week. That's kind of the awards buzz blockbuster this year. Okay, it classifies as both because it's supposed to do very well. Plus, it's supposed to do very well on the awards circuit. And then the week after, you got Pan, which will be your blockbuster. That you know, I mean, I guess you can't rule it out as maybe being an awards contender, but I would think that's unlikely, but it'll be a blockbuster that a lot of people will be interested in seeing. Um, I've seen some people wonder, and we'll probably talk more about this in the next couple of weeks, but I want to kind of tease it. I've seen some people wonder if maybe they should have released Pan closer to Christmas. Like, okay, if you delayed it to October, why not just delay it till Christmas? Listen, ordinarily, that logic would have been a, a good, a good, a good piece of logic. But this year, with the Hunger Games, with Star Wars, nobody wants to go near there. It doesn't matter if you're in direct competition or not. So I can't blame them for wanting to release this when they are. First of all, they were wise to get it out of July, and they did it in enough time to let people know that it was being delayed. It wasn't a last-minute thing. Okay, they made the decision about two months ahead of time. It was a good decision. Putting it where they're at, it's the only movie being released that week, and, and it's got a couple of weeks where it should do okay. I don't see an issue. I think they did okay with it. Hopefully the movie does well because I've heard good things about it. But, you know, I, I don't see an issue with what they did. And, 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 again, ordinarily, the idea of having it around Christmas, but I think that's when Hook came out years ago, would, would have been great. But... This year, you've got some movies coming out that are expected to do some, some, maybe even break some records. I would not go near them. So we'll see what happens over these next couple of weeks. This is the last week of a multiple uh, for last week until I think Columbus Day weekend. Actually, probably the week after Columbus Day weekend. Um, we're going to have multiple new releases. Next week, you only have one release. The Martian. The week after, you only have one release. And that's Pan. So we'll see how they go. Mike, do you have anything to add before we move on? You know what movie I wish would get a re-release? What? Mr. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Because I want to see it really badly. More than any of these other movies. Although The Martian seems... You know what? The Martian seems not bad. It looks like it'd be a fun, fun kind of thing. Um, I mean, it's like it's like Interstellar a little bit, a lot of it. 
Mm. Although a little different than their Stellarites, I suppose. So, so I don't know. It'd be interesting. I guess it would be very interesting, wouldn't it? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, although, I see what they're doing with Hotel Transylvania, and I'm jumping around. I know what they're doing with Hotel Transylvania. Still, I would, I would, I would have had it closer. I would have, I still would have kind of, guess I would have put it in October. You know, right. I feel like that would have been the best thing to do. Because at least you know you can kind of just. I was like, you know what, you're still you're still a week away from October. Hotel Transylvania is a child monster 3D movie put out for Halloween. So I I, I feel like it's still a little bit of a missed opportunity here, that's all. But I see why they're doing it. Uh, But even then, it's, it's a movie at the end of its run by the time Halloween comes out. Right. So I see it's still a risky strategy if you think about it. Especially since, uh, I don't know, Pan's coming out. And Pan could very well cut Hotel Transylvania off at its knees. So, it's an extremely kind of risky thing. Extremely kind of risky thing. I mean, Hotel Transylvania didn't really have that competition last time it came out. Now it does. And we're going to see how that kind of works out for them. It might work, might not. So there, there's there's my there is my critical analysis of the upcoming movies. Let me know when something good comes out. I guess I uh, all right. I digress. Let me let, let me know when September hit comes. As we got like the Peanuts movie and I guess Spectre, which I don't want to see. And is there anything in The Good Dinosaur, I guess. Is there something coming out that I want? When is, when is The Little Prince coming out? God, I want to see that movie. God, it's the only movie I want to see. Oh, well. Let me know when November comes. I will say this. It's funny you mentioned The Martian and Interstellar in the same breath because they have two actors in common. Like Jessica Chastain and Matt Damon are both were in both movies. Matt Damon. So it's kind of funny. Like I feel like it's it's kind of funny that two straight years they're in a, a space, like a sci-fi space movie. And I was just it's a true yeah. story, but based on a book. A sci-fi, but. a sci-fi space opera where Jessica Chastain's on Earth and Matt Damon's in space. Yep. So yes. It's like, space hey, we just want to make more space movies. And you know, well, but here's the thing. I think having more movies about space is great. Mm-hmm. I really, I really, really do. Especially since it's kind of something that, and I'm not, I'm not standing on a soapbox here. It's kind of like one of the more underfunded parts of our government. Right. So, and, and we've had, we've had Interstellar. We've had that craptacular movie called Gravity. Um, we have had 
Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson. We've had Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. We've had Bill Nye making a comeback. So you know what? It's almost like space is trying to come back to the forefront. And I think that's good because we really do need we need that national conversation. We need that that spirit of exploration again. Right. And for the love of God, we need a human on Mars at some point. So maybe this might be the movie. I hope it does well. It, I d- it, yeah. I I rather see Interstellar again because I haven't seen it again. I'd really want to, but I hope that this one does well. I think I mean it is based on a book, but here's the here's the thing. You're right, and you know what? So much was made when Jurassic Park came out earlier this year. Oh wow, that genre of of, of sci-fi, you know, dinosaur. But it has been so many. There hasn't any like dinosaur movies, so it's great that it kind of brought that back. Well, same thing with space movies. I mean, it, we got a, got away from that for so long. Like, I mean, yeah, we had alien movies and stuff, but, like, we didn't, like, it wasn't the same thing. These exploration movies or movies based on true stories and, you know, and what Nolan did last year was a very different kind of uh, space movie, but I digress. Um, you know, it, it's 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 good that it's make, it is making a comeback, and... Look, okay, so what? You got two actors that were in, in last year's big awards kind of space movie. All right, whatever. They're good actors. Doesn't coincidental. Who cares? I hope it is good. It's got the week all weekend all to itself next weekend. It's got high hopes for it. I hope it does well. All right, from movies we go to TV. And part two of our fall TV report. And... Uh, we talked on Monday about the new and returning shows. I don't think I have anything to add to that, although I will say this. I got through the full episode of The Blind Spot, finally, and my opinion hasn't changed. And I made it through the whole episode of Gotham. And uh, I will just label it as I will watch the next two weeks because of the reviews that I've heard about the two episodes. And then I will form an opinion. But there's some stuff there that interested me. But I want to see where they take it before I comment. I'll leave it at that. Um, Outside of that, okay, Tuesday, um, if you look at the numbers, Two of the bigger hits so far, as far as the news of Blind Spot was a hit so far, but again, week two will tell the story of whether it holds or not. It did very well holding the voice lead in. So right now, that one's the one leading the pack, but it also had the best lead in. Right up there, obviously, right now is the Muppets. The Muppets did about what you'd expect, a 2-9 in a demo at, um, overall, and then there's like 10, about 9, 10 million views, which is, which is fine. It's a comedy at 8 o'clock. You know, not everybody's going to watch The Muppets. I know, it's hard to believe. I did watch the episode. A lot of people were upset about it. Um, if you've read, if you looked up some of the topics, and I'm not saying read reviews of it. I'm saying, like, just look up some of the topics related to it. There's some parent groups that don't like the fact that some of the jokes are subtly sexual, mature, um, you know, not realizing that the Muppets have sometimes 
done those kind of humors. It's more subtle. In this episode, they were a little bit more direct about it. Um, you know, some people have said, oh, if they're trying to modernize the Muppets too much, the whole kind of mockumentary thing is kind of forced at times. Um, and then you've seen some people think it was the best thing ever. So I think the majority will get it favorably. And there's some, there's a lot, there's some to the senders too. The one thing I will say is this. I understand the need for why they had to break up Piggy and Kermit. If you watch the episode, you'll understand it. And I'd say that Kermit's new love interest needs a little bit more screen time away from Kermit because she was very limited in what she was doing. Other than that, the celebrity cameos were fantastic. The story moved. Everybody was involved in some way. I felt like they did a better job using characters than even the Muppet movies did. So that's a good sign for the first episode. That wasn't just, you know, a few characters getting the spotlight. And I thought it showed potential. The one thing people, I saw somebody mention, I think it's a very good point. And this is by no means meaning that the show is, 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 is you know, mediocre or anything. It, it's a, it was a solid first show, but there's potential to be better. Remember something, ABC fast-tracked this. It only had about six months of development. Usually a show gets about a year's worth. They fast-tracked it because it's the Muppets and they knew it would do well. I'm thinking after a few months you're going to see this show really take off. It's going to need a few months to gel because it needs to develop even further. It's going to kind of develop before our eyes as opposed to develop before it hits the screen. And sometimes that's a that's not always good, but I think with the Muppets you can get you know, people will have some patience with it. And let's be honest, does ABC have anything better to put on at eight o'clock? Unless it puts a Dancing with the Stars recap show. Okay, so you know you'll get this time. Um, fresh off the boat debuted strong. It was like a one nine. I actually got the chance to actually watch a little bit of that show. I didn't. I never got the chance last year to check it out. And everybody, people were suggesting it to me, like, "Oh, it's a good show." And it's it's not a bad show. It, it holds it holds your interest. It's it's good vibe to it. Got good comedy. It's like a to me. It's a, it's a slightly funnier the middle. To me, but um. The big story, two big stories that came out of Tuesday. The flop that was Scream Queens and Limitless. Let's talk about the positive first, Limitless. Uh, Bradley Cooper made a cameo in this. I think I don't know if he's going to appear anymore in this. I think it's just going to be a cameo. But it did extremely well at 10 o'clock, mind you. A 1-9, almost 10 million viewers. Now, here's the issue with this, and I'm bringing this up for a reason for my co-hosts. Um, perspective because a lot of people were hoping that a lot of person of interest fans were hoping that Limitless wouldn't do well because in person of interest is it's kind of filling person of interest's time on Tuesday nights. If it wasn't for the show, they would have bumped person of interest. And it did a one nine and almost ten million viewers, which is comparable to it. However, how long will that last is the question. Because, again, you're always, right out of the gate, a lot of these shows do get a solid number, and then it's week two, how much you retain that number. I did watch the show. It's no person of interest. I saw more potential in it than any of the shows that I've seen so far. 
outside of the blind spot. Okay? As far as new shows, okay? It's the blind spot in this show for me that have potential to be solid. I won't say great. I'd say solid. The concept is something that works for a TV series. I think you can do a lot with it. I like what the first episode I thought was a little bit better than the blind spot. It held, It was definitely action-packed. The, the, the teases, the cliffhangers all made sense. It didn't feel forced. The actors, n- nobody really annoyed me. So, solid first time. But we got to see how it develops. And again, from the rating standpoint, how it holds. And it is in that 10 o'clock time slot that's very hard to dr- con- contain an audience with. So anybody that's, you know, a person of interest fan that's kind of watching with beta breath, like, oh, I want to see CBS have egg on their faces. For this week, you can't say anything. But for next week, we'll see. Scream Queens, I here's the embarrassing part. This was actually one of those, and I don't like, I'm not a big fan of Ryan Murphy. Okay, I agree, agree was all right. But um, I've never been a big fan. I mean, American Horror Story first season was okay. But, you know, again, I've never been a big fan of Ryan Murphy. But this show to me looked like, like you know, for a horror fan, I was like, all right. You know, I like Emma Roberts. Let's see what it does, okay? The the the, the promotion appealed to me. The it, it just looked appealing to me. I thought I'd give it a chance. Well, it better hope to hell that its DVR numbers are good, so that Fox will let it grow. Because if it's not, then it's it's gone. It's dead on arrival. It got it's. Keep in mind, it's at eight o'clock. It got a now. It got a two-hour premiere. It got a one-seven and four million viewers. Now, little bit of a little bit of a little factoid here. Sometimes giving a show two hours is, the, unless you're like a reality show, is a bad idea because it's very hard. So it's really a new show to retain your audience, retain that sampling for the whole two hours. All right, you know that there was probably more people than that that watched at the beginning because it was one of the most buzzed about shows on social media all summer. And Ryan Murphy has a huge fan base. So you know that that number might have been higher, but the problem is you had a two-hour show. And what probably happened was, as is usually the case, throughout that two hours you lost people that just weren't interested. You know, it's almost the equivalent of, you know, you're moving your week two episode and, and to week one and you're seeing what might have happened in week two. So you're getting kind of a preview. So from a network standpoint, like, well, we get a faster, kind of a faster idea, of uh, a faster result, I suppose, uh, of where we're going with this, where how much of its audience is going to retain. Kind of get an idea of it. But it, ain't, but it ain't good. Now, here's a couple of things. This is why I said we got to see what the DVR numbers say for this show, probably more than any other show. It was going up against The Voice. It was going up against The Muppets. Okay, two shows that dominated that that time that first hour time slot, and then in the second hour it was going up against NCIS and Dancing with the Stars. NCIS New Orleans, Dancing with the Stars had a lot of competition. Now I'm not so upset. I wouldn't worry too much about the nine o'clock competition. I worry more about the eight o'clock competition because Screen Queens was going after younger viewers. Younger viewers watched The Voice. Younger viewers were going to watch The Muppets. 
So if you are Fox, you really look at those DVR numbers. Because, look, they have reason to think that those are going to be good. Because of the fact that this show was so talked about all summer long that you have to think that that audience was there. Maybe they just didn't watch it live. And if those DVR numbers come out and you all of a sudden your demo goes up to like a, a 2, 5, or a 3, then okay, we'll see where this goes. I watched only, I think, the first half hour. I want to watch the rest of it. Surprisingly, it was boring. That's the one thing I didn't think this show would be was boring. The only best part about it was Emma Roberts. I thought this show would be, like, campier. It was campy, don't get me wrong, but it was, it was, even with the camp, it was boring. I couldn't believe that's the one thing I didn't think it would be would be boring. But it was boring so far. And I've seen that complaint from people that watched the whole episode. That doesn't bode well. For that, for a show like this, it, it can't be boring. I expected over-the-top, campy, freaky. That's what I expected. A lighter version, maybe, of American Horror Story. That's what I was kind of looking for. If I got that, I was going to be happy. And so far, no dice. That show, to me, is the one on the major hot seat going into next week. And you know that they're looking for those DVR numbers. Fox was so desperate about, you know, was so desperately wondering about those numbers that they ordered a fast uh, a fast report on the final numbers from the ratings yesterday because they needed to know. Like, that's how desperate they are to find every little viewer they could. They're like, oh, okay, hurry up that last final report because we want to know. We need to know. So you know that they're really worried about that show, and they've built so much of their fall TV season on that show. If it flops, they're in trouble. So we'll see what happens there. Um, as far as retur- um, outside of that, the returning shows, NCIS's two shows. I mean, Dancer Stars been back for over a week. Um, I can't really, I didn't really watch Dancer Stars, so I can't say anything about that. NCIS I didn't watch, but it's back and it's normal. Obviously, its numbers are a little bit down to 2.5 and 18 million viewers, but it's still solid, okay? It still skews older, but still NCIS is NCIS. And New Orleans still doing what it did last year. One seven, twelve. Get 12.6 million viewers. Again, skews older. Um, let's see. Um, and there's a show that debuted last week that I never mentioned. I watched the first episode. I did not watch the second. Best time ever with Neil Patrick Harris. If you haven't watched that, if you just want to have, like, fun for, like, an hour, okay, it's like, it's, it's, it's like he has, it's, it's like a late-night variety show. I mean, he does crazy things. He has different celebrities involved, and you know, he gives he gives away stuff. I mean, it's a it's a combination of game show, late night show. Um, it, it it's got a nice vibe to it. It's a lot of fun, and it's actually one of the few. I mean, it actually improved upon its first week, which you don't usually see. And it got a, it got a two one at ten o'clock this week. And over near six million viewers. That's good for that hour. They can continue to drive that. We continue to do that in that ten o'clock hour. Then he's all set. So um, NBC might have something there. Um, so that's Tuesday. I don't want to talk about Wednesday yet, Mike. Did you get the chance to check out anything on Tuesday? On Tuesday's set of shows here. Brian. I- I'm not even separating the new shows I've watched by days. Are you kidding me? 
I mean, what the hell? <laughs> I, I I can count the number of new shows and premieres I have seen in literally one hand. Literally just one hand. All right? I'm, I'm not even... You you talk about oh blind spot and limitless and uh, blah 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 blah. Haven't been paying attention. All right, I've seen four premieres. Four. I have seen the Muppets. I have seen uh, Doctor Who. I have seen Vicious, and I have seen that other show which I oh uh, the, the 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 Neil Patrick Harris one. Oh, and South Park. I've seen South Park. So, yes, that is it. I have not seen any dramas. I have Gotham on my DVR. I don't have time to get to it. Sorry, it's just I I don't. All these new shows, look, the the one that is technically in um, Person of Interest Spot looks not bad. But honestly... I don't even think I recorded it. I don't. It's just, all these new shows are coming out. I literally have to pick and choose the ones I give a crap about. There wasn't a whole lot of new shows that I gave a crap about. And that's saying something. That's the current state of television. I like Jamie Alexander, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch Blindspot. I like hot, young, 20-somethings with gorgeous bodies all over each other, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch Quantico. <laughs> I don't I don't like Shonda Rhimes' written stuff, so I'm not going to watch any of her crap. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I don't like... It's just, I like Person of Interest. I would have watched that. I would have watched Person of Interest. Just saying. Just saying, CBS. So screw you, CBS. Um, Arrow and the Flash don't come back for two weeks. That I'm I'm actually interested in sitting down, spending some of my valuable nap time, and watching that. That I don't mind. That's legit. You know? That's legit. These new shows, unless it's something like The Muppets, see, I like The Muppets. But if that show did not have a few really great commercials, I don't know if I would have watched it. I might have given it one episode. But the show, I, you know what? Yes, there was this controversy that a lot of the jokes were overtly sexual and blah, 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 blah. blah. And to those people, I say, eat a dick. I say, I truly say, eat a giant dick. Because the Muppets play to both age groups. And this is the show on at 8 o'clock at night in prime time. Half of the kid audience is asleep. And the other half is watching Steven Universe or some other Cartoon Network crap. So you you do need the adult audience. And for everybody who's grown up on the Muppets and with that adult sense of humor, you would find it hilarious. I found everything about that show generally pretty funny. 
I didn't really have any issue. I thought it was funny. I thought the Neil Patrick Harris show was funny and really good and entertaining. It was way that NBC... It's it's like 30 Rock, only in, like, variety show form. You know what I mean? Do you kind of get that, too? Yeah. It's like, no? <laughs> it's like NBC kind of using all of its kind of properties to kind of build this one show up. I thought that was good. I thought it was well done. South Park was funny, the first episode anyway. Doctor Who was great, but I already talked about that. And uh, what was the other one? Vicious. Vicious is just really funny. Everybody should go out of the way to watch that. So, no, there's that. I mean, I, yeah, I, that's it. Sorry. No, you're fine. You get that's fine. Now, well, I didn't it's expect, not, you know I didn't what? You, know you to watch everything. I, no, no, no. Here's the thing. I'm not really sorry that I'm not sitting down and watching all these random shows. Because look, I I feel like in terms of television watching, I am the average person. I work x x amount of hours a day. Mm-hmm. I have x amount of hours of free time. I have x amount of things that I want to do. So if it's not must-see, I don't watch. And unfortunately for all these things, like Heroes Reborn came back, I was tricked into the first season of Heroes. And the first season of Heroes was actually, I feel like, was really good. And then it all went downhill from there. With the exception of, like, Christopher Eccleston. You know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't even blame Christopher Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston were going like AWOL on that show. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know how to use him at all. So, um, even though he was really good, and there was that Rey Mysterio thing. <laughs> after after that, Heroes... Who cares? Peter Petrelli and Clear Bennett and Saber. I heard that people kind of like this, this next one, but I don't know. Don't I, I, I don't care. So, again, if it's not something that I feel like I must see, I'm not going to watch. So, I I guess the effort... I felt The Muppets was must see. Why? It did good numbers, right? It got a two... Final number for live was a 2.9. Time of 10 million viewers. That's good. Yeah. That, That is pretty good, especially for the current era of television. There's so many other ways to watch it on, you know, DVR, in demand, online, on iTunes, on Google Play, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know. So many other sources to actually watch this stuff. A 2.9 is like like a 10.2. I'm sure with the DVR, it's probably going to be around that over a 4. It's like a 10.2 back in 1996, you know. Right. It's just it's just how television has kind of evolved, or in some cases devolved. You know, right, right. Well, um, that's just how it is. That's just how it is. Like, unless it's must see, I will watch it at my leisure if I get to it at all. I mean, yeah, I know a lot of people. I know binge watching is a thing. I don't think I don't get a lot of out of binge watching. Very hard to do that. I mean, people do it, and it's like, oh, I can just go on Netflix and binge watch, or I can go on Hulu and binge watch. I'm like, yeah, I got things to do. See, to me, that's just too much to take at once. 
So yeah, even if I had is, the time. I feel like it is too much to take at once, too, because especially since there's other things you could be doing. Right. I can maybe do a few hours at a time, and it's like, all right, I, I, I physically have to go do something else. Yeah, right. So that is what it is. No, you're, no, yeah. I but then again, I feel like I'm the average person here. I know you, you watched all these things, because you stay up to weird hours of the night anyway. Well. That, 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 but that's your thing. I'm not criticizing you, I'm just pointing it out. Right. You'll know if I'm criticizing you. Trust me. At this point in our relationship, you pretty much uh, know probably should know, but yeah. But I mean, but yeah, you stay up to like weird hours of the night. That's your deal. Right. That's how I do and it. You know, and that's when you watch all these like crazy freaking shows. Which is fine. Which is fine. I don't have that luxury. So I don't. No, most people don't. In fact, that's what you're, the way you just reply is the way most people would. Is I, I, I've said this to somebody off there. One of our listeners asked me, they said, you know, because uh, we were talking about the TV season, and I said that there's, there's three busy times for me a year. Oscar time, because I want to check out, I try to check out as many movies as I can, especially the war, uh, movies that I think are going to be up in the running for awards and stuff. And I try to get through as many of them as I can. And then I said the fall TV season is another one because I try to sample as many as I can. And, you know, I won't stick with all of them because not all of them are going to be good. And some of them might even be canceled. So it's it's not like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like after this week or next week even, that's it. I'll be to my bare minimum of what I watch. And maybe I'll add one or two out of the new shows and then away we go. And then there's another time of year, it's usually like Emmy time of year, where I try to make it through like some of the reels and stuff that I see online and stuff, and I want to see what people submitted and all that stuff. So those three aspects is when I, I, I'm up late, I'm checking things out, and I do that. I wish I could say it's all for this show, okay? It is partly because of this show, because if I give an opinion, I want to try to give it to you all, knowing that I've watched something, but at the same time, I don't want to spoil anything either. Um, but secondly, I do it for my, but more importantly, I do it for my own amusement. Okay, I like to do that. I like to have an idea of what's out there. Especially since I aspire to be, like, producing and directing stuff. I get ideas from it. I can, it, it's, I was like picking different creative people's brains because you're watching their work. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Boy, I never thought of that, doing something like that on that kind of concept. You know what I mean? So that's why I do it. And nobody, I, 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 again, unless you're somebody as inv- as, that's invested like that, you don't do that. You just watch what you watch. All right? Maybe at some point if something came out and it's a hit, like let's say Blind Spot turns into this monster hit. Well, okay, at some point, maybe next summer you might say, you know what, I've heard good things about that show. I might check it out because it's the summertime and not as much stuff on. See, that's how people react to things. They don't go watch 80 million different things all at once. You stick to the shows you watch, and then if there's something new out there that you hear some buzz about, then you might tune in. People don't have the time or the patience to do that. And to anybody that can binge watch, God bless you, because I can't. Now, somebody might say, wait a minute, if you stay up to all hours of the night watching various different TV shows, isn't that binge watching? No, because I'm changing it up. I might watch Blind Spot, then I might turn around and say, okay, I'm going to go watch Limitless. 
I'll tell you this. I don't usually, I take that back. I don't usually watch drama after drama. If I watch a drama, the next thing I might watch is a comedy. You've got to break it up or it just becomes monotonous. You can't possibly keep doing that. Um, you know, in the past few years, I haven't always gotten to these things as quick to watch them. This year, I'm lucky enough where I've been able to. Thankfully, the wife has a different job, so I'm able to do that. But the last couple of years, I haven't been able to do that because she'd be up a little bit later and she'd be, you know, bothering me. I can't watch stuff when she wants me to do something. So, you know, now I'm able to. I have a couple of things I want to check out tonight. But, again, you know, I when I threw it to you, I didn't. I I felt like I didn't expect you to watch every single thing. I knew that more than likely you probably at least checked out the Muppets, especially since that's only a half hour, so it's easy to kind of get through that in in the day. You know, an hour might be a little more harder. We've spoken a lot about Tuesday. Yesterday there wasn't a whole lot, honestly. Um, Um, you had your shows that returned, okay? Let's see here. I'm just trying to check this out. Empire came back huge. No shock there. Um, with how Fox win the night. Fox, that's the only thing Fox has right now. Pulled in, uh, at 9 o'clock a 6.5, which is just tremendous. And it's two-hour premiere. 16.2 million viewers. Modern Family pulled in at 3.1. Law and Order SVU got a typical one seven eight point two. Um, Blackish for ABC at eight nine thirty did a two four, which is not bad. Big Brother still, but that's not a. I won't mention that it's a fall. It's not it's a summer series anyway. Nashville got a one three and a five million viewer count at ten o'clock. Nashville, look, if it wasn't for the fact that the music continues to do well on iTunes, that show would be off the air by now. And the fact it's already it's it, it's also a syndication situation now. It's going to stick around for a little bit, but once it gets beyond the syndication situation, it's gone. All right, they can't justify it anymore. It's it just doesn't pull in enough numbers. The Goldbergs put in a nice number at eight thirty two four. The Middle did its usual two one eight million viewers. Mysteries of Laura. NBC. The minute that NBC finds something that clicks, okay, maybe it's going to be a mid season deal or something. They're going to take that show. I don't even know why they brought it back. All right, a 1, 2, and 6.9 million viewers ain't going to get it done. That's horrible for an 8 o'clock show. Granted, it's battling Survivor. It's got a typical 2-4 near 10 million viewers. But now Rosewood for Fox did a 2-4 and 7.36. That's good enough to at least get a couple weeks out of it to see what it can do. All right, it probably helped by Empire, but, you know. You know, we'll see what happens there. But Fox was going to always win the night because of Empire. Okay, ABC has its comedy block, which does well, and it's it's a cross between Fox and, and ABC for Wednesday night. It's, I mean, nothing really new last night debuted. I didn't see Rosewood, so I can't give you a thing. I didn't really hear much about it either. Um, everything else was returning. Returning shows. So... Um, you might notice that we haven't mentioned anything about any of the CW shows. That's because I haven't checked any of them out yet. But I haven't really heard any raves about any of them yet either. So, um, I didn't check out any of the returning shows last night. 
so I can't give you a, a, a rundown on that. Only only show I I wanted to check out was South Park. Did not get to that last night. Although I hear from one of my my reviewers uh, board I go to that the continuity situation is continuing. So it looks like they're doing what they did last year and carrying the storyline through the whole season. And I also heard it was a mis- it was a not to spoil anything, but it was a Garrison episode. Which they haven't done in a while. So that alone appeals to me. I'd like to get to it at some point. That excites me because they haven't done anything with Garrison in heaven knows how long. So, um, looks like they're doing well there, South Park. Um, and again, I applaud them for trying to for continuing that whole continuity thing because that's something that I think shows it's much stronger writing. It makes you want to tune into the next episode to see what's going to happen. So I, I give him credit for that, you know. Sometimes it is forced, but I give him credit for that. But that's it. I mean, I, I I didn't really check out as much stuff from last yesterday as I did from Monday and Tuesday. So there's some things tonight that I wanna. I I am I am gonna check out Heroes tonight. I think that's the biggest thing I want to check out. I want to see Heroes, even though. Uh, the first series burned burned me much like it burned my co-hosts as far as how it dropped off in quality after the first season. I still want to give it a chance to see because I've, I've seen some non-spoiler reviews and it's got some positivity going on. So maybe, maybe it will surprise us. I don't know, but we'll see what happens there. So that's it. That's all I can say. Obviously, my co-host has told you all what he's seen so far. So, again, this is a continuing series. We will, on Tuesday of next week, our next nighttime show, we will talk about any of the shows that we've seen, you know, since we last had a show, you know, give you some ideas on the ratings and all that good stuff like we've been doing. And we'll keep doing this again as, as the new and returning shows continue to premiere and unfold over these next couple of weeks. So with all that being said, again, there's no entertainment news that I deemed that deemed that had to be discussed tonight, and there's nothing any of you really sent in. I will mention this though, and I like to get my co-host's feeling on this. Um, apparently, Sony has scrapped uh, plans for uh, Men in Black sequels including the potential Men in Black 21 Jump Street crossover, in favor of rebooting Men in Black without Will Smith. So that's probably the only piece of news that I think may be worth discussing, and nobody sent that in to me. Otherwise, I don't think there's anything out there. Mike, you have any reaction to that? My reaction is this. You want to cancel the Jump Street crossover? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You're going to reboot it without Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones? No. (laughs) It just just doesn't work. Literally, the the reason the first Men in Black worked and the subsequent ones worked was because Will Smith was at the was the hottest actor at the time, and he was paired with Tommy Lee Jones, 
who is coming off of an Oscar-nominated role in The Fugitive, um, and U.S. Marshals, and he was pretty hot at the time, too. And these guys had an amazing dynamic. These guys had an amazing dynamic, and it was kind of like a really big movie for the time. And it worked. They made two movies that were successful. So sometimes it's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, it ain't broke, so let's go in a totally new direction with an, with an unseen unseen actors and directors and different stuff. And it's like, no, just, just stop. Just stop. I'm okay with them with with not doing the 22, the, excuse me, the 20, the Jump Street, 21, 22, 23 Jump Street crossover. That's fine. Uh, I was excited for it, but, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's fine. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb. It's just an excuse to reboot some crap for money, and I don't like it. I find the, I, I find it interesting that in all the press releases about this today, they mentioned no Will Smith, but they didn't say anything about Tommy Lee Jones. But I, we, if we remember the last Men in Black, he wasn't in it for a lot of it, and I think they said that he was trying to break away from it. So maybe maybe that speaks for itself. But there was a, a while ago, right after the third one came out, there was a, a, a rumor going around that they did a fourth one, they might go back into the past again and have it be Will Smith and Josh Brolin again. Because that people really liked that about the third movie and he was so similar he he, he I mean, as a he was perfect in that role, Josh Brolin. So people thought that might work. I wouldn't be against doing that with the right story. If they wanted to do something like that, if Tommy Reed Jones is like, Okay, I like I'll just keep being in, in the movies in a limited way then okay. I mean I can see that if there's a good story to be told there. But to just reboot the entire thing, when really the third one was probably, if not the best, one of the best of the three. It's kind of stupid. And I agree with you. The Jump Street crossover, I was really worried about anyway. And I know it's probably going to be a while before they go to the Jump Street well because uh, Lord and Miller are so busy right now with everything. But... I don't mind losing that crossover, but to re- to reboot this, this just seems so 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 pointless. Um, but that is the only kind of story I thought was worth talking about. I was going to bring anything up, which I brought it up anyway, so whatever. But nothing else was sent to us, and I don't think there's anything else out there. So we'll leave it at that. Um, so that's it for tonight. As always, the show might be over does not mean you have to stop interacting with us or the show or contributing to the show. You can still have your voice heard. Give us your reactions to the show and things that we said, general feedback, questions about the show and show scheduling, topic ideas, breaking news items related to sports, entertainment, restaurant, make sure cover, suggestions for the show, any of those things you can send to us via email, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email us at itspotlight411 at gmail.com. Again, it's itspotlight411 at gmail.com. You can follow us and tweet us at itspotlight411. Again, it's at itspotlight411. And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag itspotlight411. Again, it's hashtag itspotlight411 for anything to tweet regarding our show. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for us using the current title of our show in the spotlight of Brian Gardner. 
Again, that's the current title. That title will change soon, but for now, that is still the current title you want to use in that search. So, again, search for using the title in the spot where Brian Gardner. Once you find our Facebook fan page, like the page and go ahead and post whatever you like to post. We encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest information about our show, especially as it relates to scheduling with Football Friday. Now a thing for the fall, you know, times can be very different, change a lot on Fridays with the Football Friday show, so you might want to pay attention to Facebook and Twitter, especially in regards to that. But anytime in regards to our show, that's the best way to get information about our show because that's where the breaking news <laughs> kind of breaks for our show. So, But if that doesn't work for you, if you need to consult something else because you don't maybe you don't have a Facebook or a Twitter or something, you can always check out our main show page here on TalkShoe.com. You can find our main show page by searching for us here on TalkShoe by using our full title in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. Again, it's in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our main show page here on TalkShoe, scroll down, and you'll find our episode archive where you'll have access to all of our episodes since our move to talk show nearly five years ago. They're all in order from most recent to the oldest. They're all labeled for you. So if you missed an episode, you want to check out, listen to an episode again, or maybe you don't even know you missed an episode, all the episodes labeled for you to help you figure that out. Also, if our most recent episode is all you're looking for, you can also find it in the top right-hand corner in the most recent episode box. And just click on that play icon in that box, and the episode will play for you. Um, so also make sure you to note that scheduling can be helped on our main show page as well. Whenever I schedule shows, which is usually a couple minutes before showtime, there will be a countdown clock that appears below the most recent episode box and upcoming episodes thing that appears above the episode archive at the bottom of the page, giving you all the information about our next episode, when it starts, what it's about. And of course, the countdown clock will count down to the next show. So when you see those things, you know when the show is going to be, you know what's coming up, know what it's going to be about. So check the show page regularly, especially on typical show days, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, maybe even the days after show days, like Wednesdays. Of course, Fridays is Football Friday day anyway, so it might behoove you to check it anyway. But just check out the show page regularly. Keep hitting refresh, especially on show days, and you shouldn't miss a show. At least, not, at least you'll be in the know about when we've had shows, know that you have to catch up on any shows that you may have missed, all that good stuff. So our main show page here on TalkShoe, very helpful. Feel free to utilize it when need be. You can also check us out on our second home, LibsIn.com. Search for us using the full title of our show in the spot with Brian Gardner. In the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our show page over there, scroll down, you'll find all of our most recent episodes in order from the most recent date to the oldest. They're all labeled for you with descriptions, dates, etc. So you want to check out our episodes over there and we listen, well, listen to them again or listen to episodes you may have missed in the past, whatever the case, you can check them out over there. On our second home, LibsIn.com. You can also, if you're interested, check out some of our older episodes on blogtalkradio.com. You can find our old show page over there by searching for us using the full title of our show, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. Again, use the title In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find us over there after searching for us, once you find our old show page, scroll down. And at the bottom of the page in that episode archive there, you'll find... In the episode archive, of course, on our old show page, you'll find the first 31 episodes ever of our show, our original 31 episodes, they will always be there, all labeled for you with descriptions and order from the most recent date to the oldest. So whether you've never listened to them before or whether you just feel nostalgic because of the fifth anniversary coming up and you want to check them out again, whatever the case may be, those episodes are available over there on blogtalkradio.com if you are interested iTunes seems to be back up and running again. 
I haven't done this in a while because, well, it hasn't been always working. But, Mike, you want to give our listeners the information about iTunes? I suppose. Yay. Uh, search for In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner on iTunes. Uh, once you're there, you probably find one episode. Then go to Feed, and then there are the rest of the episodes. So they're there. Just, it, it takes a while. There, subscribe to the Feed, download, enjoy. And, you know, I just generally have fun. Just saying. Enjoy. Thank you very much. Anything else you want to add or plug or anything before we end it here? No, not really. Okay. I want to thank Jeff Tech for being here tonight. Thank you, Jeff Tech. I want to thank Mike, as always, for being here tonight. Thank you, Mike. All right, let's go. Okay, fair enough. Thank myself for another great show. Pat myself on my back and thank all of you for your continued support and your continued contributions to the show. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Uh, that's it for tonight. Tomorrow, Football Friday, that is our next show. Again, right now, the tentative time to start is 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Again, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. We'll look back at week two of the NFL season, discuss tonight's Thursday night football game, look ahead to week three, make picks, do a little college football talk as well. Again, the tentative time to start tomorrow for Football Friday, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, broadcasting live here on TalkShoe. Stay tuned to Facebook and Twitter and our show page here on TalkShoe.com. Um, you might want to keep hitting refresh and keep checking all three out just in case time changes or something like that. Time changes, you'll know if it does by either one of those three resources. So keep an eye on all three tomorrow so you know what time everything starts. And Or if you have, if you miss it, you can also check us out and archive on the Talk Shoe Show page or on iTunes as well. So And lives in too. So make sure you stay up to date on that and just check out Facebook, Twitter, and Talk Shoe's main show page for us, and you'll be able to know about what's going on tomorrow. Football Friday again, 10 start time, 2 o'clock Eastern time. As for what's going to happen next week, I'll get into that next Tuesday. Why? Because, well, I think it'll be better to do it that way. And I'm waiting for one little piece of information before I make an announcement. So that's a tease. So you'll find out more about next week and the anniversary next week, especially on Tuesday's show. So make sure you tune in for that. All right, so with that being said, that's it. We'll see you back here for our next show, Football Friday, coming at you again at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Until then, have a good night, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.